I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Kip Adams from Dogs 24-7. Joining with me today is Rusty Mansell, also at Dogs 24-7. Georgia got some big news on the recruiting trail today with the announcement of five-star linebacker Smile Munden of Paulding County, Georgia, announced his commitment to the Dogs today, picking Georgia over Auburn, Tennessee, Florida, LSU, 30, 35 other programs. Big pickup for Georgia, adding a top three player from the state. And out of Dallas, Georgia, Rusty previewed his decision earlier this week on the Junkyard Dogcast. He kind of brought up an interesting point. I want to kind of begin with this, is talking about, you know, Georgia's addition. Paulding County, not an area known for putting out elite talent. He mentioned that. That kind of got me interested, trying to see just what the program's done recently, recruiting-wise, school-wise. Paulding County, not really one of the powerhouse programs in the state. Our, our good friend Van Spence, former offensive coordinator at McEachern, head of that program. But just you look at the last 20 years, I think two winning seasons that I saw in the last 20 years and really only uh, five or six winning seasons over the last 70 years. They averaged four years uh, four wins a season pretty much. But I did see one player, Antonio Gandy-Golden, a wide receiver, who, who went to Liberty, actually had 3,000-yard uh, seasons for Liberty before being a fourth-round pick by Washington in, in this, this year's draft. So they did produce one prospect that, who went on to play not only at the, at the collegiate level but also is, is got a chance to make a name for himself in the NFL as well. But, you know, the, again, this, this podcast is about Small Monday, a big-time pickup uh, for Georgia Today, Rusty, dogs land him, a guy who kind of really didn't do, you know, a lot of talking about where he stands in his recruitment, kind of kept things to himself for, for most of the process and really kind of stuck to his plan, regardless of, you know, the COVID stopping prospects from being able to ha- hang out with, with coaching staffs and spend time on campus. He had always kind of planned to, to take his time and, wasn't able to make visits, but just really, other than naming a top five, didn't really have any other, you know, breaking news in his recruitment until today's announcement. So what can you tell us about Small Munden's recruitment and how Georgia was able to land him today? He was really the first one that got affected by this COVID uh, pandemic deal. Keep, if you remember, going back. So we were in Nashville for that week, March 10th, 11th, 12th, whichever it was. And then the following weekend, Smile Munden was about to go to Oklahoma for a three-day visit. Uh, Oklahoma was a school that was recruiting him hard. Lincoln Riley had flown into Paulding County. Shane Beamer was recruiting him. Um, 
him and his dad, I think high school coach, were going out there to spend two days at Oklahoma. So really that was a school that was kind of in the mix early. And, uh, you know, because of the travel restrictions that you just mentioned, you know, kind of, kind of eliminated them. He never was able to even get there. So you look at these things and Tennessee, I think was a team that kind of had some momentum with him late in the spring uh, as they did with several prospects. And in the summer, I think Auburn kind of got involved there pretty heavy and, and made a move. And then I think the biggest thing you see in the story today, the story we ran on, on the site is when you hear him talk about consistency with Glenn Schumann, he said he was consistent with me the entire time. Uh, that kind of says a lot, probably not many highs, not many lows. He just kind of knows. And you heard him say he trusts Glenn Schumann. He trusts that he's going to develop him. Uh, he trusts, Trust he's going to make him the best player. A couple of things I picked up at being in Paulding County the last couple of trips there was, you know, obviously he had an MCL and uh, didn't tell anybody at Paulding County, but he, he told his dad, he said, look, something's not right, but I'm going to play as long as I can on this thing. And he played Kip three and a half games with probably a torn MCL with a braced up, not practicing during the weeks. And, uh, you know, it kind of says a lot about him. He's a highly rated kid, but he didn't act like a highly rated kid. He didn't act like they, um, even behind the scenes, you never ask about his profile, never ask about his height and weight, never ask about his ranking. Uh, he's got a full-time job. He goes to school, high honors, great kid. Um, didn't Says a lot about not leaving Paulding County. What, what you just said about Paulding County, it's not a traditional powerhouse. It's not a, it's not a school you think a lot about when you start thinking about you know, teams up in northwest Georgia, this north Georgia area, Paulding County doesn't really come to mind. We both love Coach Spence, Spence to death and think he can give it as much as he can at Paulding County, but it's not really known for football. And, um, you know, I will say that we you didn't mention that that's where, remember, the Titans, one of my favorite movies, uh, the state championship game was filmed. So I'll slide that in on you. And, uh, you know, you look at, you look at, uh, you look at Smile and, you know, it'd be an early enrollee and, coming off he went ahead and had his surgery so he can be ready to go he's rehabbing here's a true kid now here's a true kid at six foot three and somebody that can run his best playing days are ahead of him he played both sides of the ball which i love uh played some wildcat in fact the, the kind of the i was at i guess the game where people kind of realized who he was was at the south Paulding game last year his junior year first game of the year it was a scrimmage game in august and South Paulden drives right down the field, scores. Paulden does nothing. I think South Paulden scored again. It's like 14 nothing quick. Well, they put – they get the ball back. They lose some yardage or something. They're on about the 9, 10-yard line. No momentum whatsoever. And they put Smile at Wildcat, and he takes a, a, a handoff, his own sweep, and he goes around the corner and dude outruns everybody to the house for 90. And I kind of knew right then that's a different guy. So – Today's world, you look at, you take, for example, the Florida game. How does he, you know, how does he fit in at Georgia in the defense? You look at the Florida game and they kind of got it, you know, kind of made some moves on Georgia's linebackers out in space with those fast running backs. And you got to have somebody that can, you know, pattern match and be able to run with those guys. And, and Smile Munden's one of those guys. Yeah, you talk about today's game and, and just, Needing speed at the linebacker position, it's key because 
the the one mismatch it seems like offenses are exploiting right now is not just tight ends uh, versus linebackers, but definitely running backs against linebackers. And then just getting the wideout in the slot. And, and if you don't have your nickel in there on him, if you're if, if he gets lined up against a, a linebacker, he's going to tell his quarterbackers, quarterbacks going to see that, and they're going to make that read quickly and get the ball to him, you know, in space or, or just, you know, test them vertically. So athleticism in general is now a – the premium more so than size right now at the linebacker position, but, but small money. And the reason why we have them so high on 24 seven sports as a top 10 prospect is because of, because of the athleticism, not because he's, you know, got the most eye catching eye popping film at linebacker. It just as much of his film is, is on offense. I mean, he's been used as a running back, you know, the last couple of years at Paulding County, uh, I believe he had a uh, you know double digit touchdowns one year. He had over a thousand all purpose yards one year, and then also just verified athleticism in track and field. You know, we're talking about a guy that's six three, two hundred twenty pounds, who can triple jump over forty six feet one and a half inches, and that was March of two thousand nineteen. So not even getting to participate in track and field this spring, you know, because of everything kind of being canceled who knows what numbers he would have been able to put up in the spring. I remember he had like an 11, four, 100 meter time, which, you know, if you're a running back or, you know, a cornerback wide receiver, it's, it's not a, an eye popping stat there, but again, six, three, 220 pounds, that, that's good speed in it. And like I said, he had one, possibly two more years of, of track to be able to put up even better numbers. So the athleticism is verified there. He checks all the boxes you look for in a linebacker, as far as length, athleticism, versatility, and physicality. So, and this is a huge pickup for Georgia. Again, they did not sign a linebacker in the 2020 cycle, an inside linebacker, I should say. You're getting set to lose, you know, Monty Rice to, to the NFL after this season. So you obviously have a, a starter that you're having to replace. You got a pretty good group there right now. Uh, you know, with guys like Quay Walker, Nakobe Dean, but you you got to keep that room stocked because obviously you have multiple guys playing the position in Georgia's defense. So it's a big pickup. Uh, it moves Georgia, I believe, in the class rankings. It moves them uh, back up, back up to fifth, and, and on the heels uh, of Oregon for that number four spot. You look at the top four teams in the twenty four seven sports team rankings. You know, they all have 22, 23, you know, 20 guys right now. Georgia at 19 uh, with, with several spots right now. Adding a guy like Spalmundin gives them that momentum. It's a guy they recruited the whole cycle. Again, it's an in-state guy and a top three prospect, a top 30 overall prospect in the country, and a 24-7 sports composite five-star. So it's a big pickup for Georgia. You know, we earlier on the summer, you know, we talked about, Auburn having the momentum at the time. There was a time when Rusty and I would have both projected him into Auburn if he was deciding at that time. And, and like we did on the show before with, with Tyrion Ingram Dawkins, you know, we say recruiting is a marathon, not a sprint for a reason. And, and Georgia at one time trailed for, for Tyrion Ingram Dawkins as well, at, at really at the same time. You know, that was a moment we were talking about this class and maybe, you know, this class might take – it might project for, you know, maybe a, a dip down compared to the other classes 
just based on Georgia being behind on a couple guys. But credit this this coaching staff for Kirby Smart with with Glenn Schumann and and Dan Lanning and them just not laying off. And Dale McGee, I believe he might be the the area recruiter for the school. Correct me if I'm wrong there, Rusty, but. Just the coaching staff in general did not let you know let up at all. They didn't panic. They didn't push any of these guys to make decisions earlier. And, and once again, it paid off for them landing a, a five star. And you know, they're like I said, with them having nineteen guys on board now, this class we're not projecting it to be a full twenty-five guy class as of now. Just because we're with the transfer portal now. And just the way things are set up with with a couple four counters for Georgia, you, you can't sign twenty five out of high school because then you're eliminating yourself from potentially adding to your roster with guys from other college rosters. It's just the way it is now. You have to look at your roster, evaluate, and also just you have to react to your own attrition. You might have guys that that leave via the transfer portal. You want to have a spot or two there so that you can go and replace someone at a position of need with another guy with experience and, and talent who can come in and make an instant impact. So right now at, at 19 verbal commitments for the class, I don't know, Rusty, where do you think they go from here? Who could be next? And I guess uh, overall, where do you, where do you think this class ends up numbers wise? Um, it's hard to tell what they're going to make a decision on these. If they're going to save a few spots, I would be, Kip, I'd be shocked if they don't save a couple for transfers. And, you know, I talk about this a lot. We talk about it on the board, the site, and it's just – it's a massive, massive change for college football. But I overemphasize this rule changing, but you also have to have a spot, Kip. And we know the initials have not changed. So roster management, man, roster management – who can manage their roster? Who adds the key additions? Because here's the thing. You can't miss on a transfer. You cannot miss because you're going to be cutting spots. You're going to be cutting into your room, your depth, and those types of things. So, you know, there's some SEC schools. I would not be surprised to see them save five or six spots. Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, places like that. Not sure you're going to see them do that, but I'm pretty sure you're going to see all of them save one or two spots for sure because this is going to be a massive, massive change. So I still think this class for Georgia is going to end up, what I've said for months now, somewhere between three and five. And, and what you just said, they're already at five. So still some movement to go there, still some guys. I really don't know right now who is uh, next in line for probably the 21 class for decision. You know, maybe Nylon Green can make a decision soon, Xavier Sorry, but, you know, we're getting into mid to late November. And, Kip, you've been doing this as long as I have. It's about that time of year where if they've made it this far, they'll go ahead and go into mid-December, even though there's not visits. All this is going to be so weird, man, to cover because we know as soon as the season's over, which would would be next weekend normally, um all hell breaks loose for me and you because you're trying to get kids on official visits to answer the phone and it's just not going to happen. So we just have to see how things go and go from there. But I think this class is not going to finish top two, but I think this is going to be a really, really good class. 
and uh, they're getting a quarterback, and they're getting some key pieces, especially offensive linemen. What a class by Matt Luke. And, uh, you know, one more running back, maybe. We'll see how that goes. But it's going to be a really good class. You know, you might have some nitpicky stuff with Kirby Smart, but I don't think anybody, if they're a Georgia Bulldog fan, really sweats recruiting under Kirby Smart. It's, we could talk another whole podcast, but it's all right now. University of Georgia, all about this quarterback play. And can they get a guy to get this roster over the hump? Because Georgia is pretty dadgum deep right now, Kip, at every position. And first thing I want to kind of just react to before we close close up this show is you mentioned roster management, maximizing the roster. I remember late in the last cycle, you know, January, the board, you know, just the junkyard every day asking about whether Georgia was going to make a move on this prospect, go after this prospect. And then just that led into the spring, you know, the, the transfer portal. Will, will Georgia go for this guy, go for that guy? And then, you know, going into May, they, they left themselves with an initial transfer spot. They kept one there. And lo and behold, JT Daniels, becomes available, goes, you know, enters the transfer portal. And had Georgia used, you know, that initial transfer spot on a high school player or, you know, a a transfer earlier in the process, they wouldn't have been able to bring him in regardless. They would have had no shot with JT Daniels. They would have been, you know, a a non-starter there. And so that is why it's important to potentially give yourself a spot for the unknown, the, the, you know, just the fact that somebody else can enter the transfer portal that can help your roster. And, you know, here we are, we're recording this, you know, this show on, on Wednesday after the, the addition of Smile Mondon. And this weekend, it looks like JT Daniels will likely, you know, make his debut for Georgia. And again, he wouldn't even be on the roster if Georgia, if Kirby didn't keep that initial transfer you know, that last remaining one open for, for them to be able to bring him in. And so, I, I you know, I think that's huge. And you you mentioned guys that haven't announced their decisions yet, just kind of looking forward to the rest of the cycle and guys like Nylon Green and, and the running back out of Michigan and Donovan Edwards, guys that Georgia is still hoping to make a move on. There's also, an, I mean, there's an obvious, another reason why they wouldn't want to, you know, announce a decision at this point, you know, the, the first part is obviously the early signing period. That's where all the eyes are going to turn to now. It's, it's a great platform just for guys to kind of, you know, advertise their school, celebrate with their peers, and, and have a moment. But also, I mean, we're, we're already, we've already seen it start a little bit here in the SEC, but the coaching carousel. You know, what coaches are going to be leaving and going to, going to other programs, taking promotions or, you know, being replaced. That's something that – I'm sure a lot of these prospects are being told to, to be patient at this point. And that's that that's that silly season for us, as Rusty talked about, just how it gets chaotic. We're trying to get guys on the phone. Well, we're also watching that aspect of the recruiting cycle because every year we, we see it happen and it affects recruits in that final month. And it allows other teams to, to gain momentum that might not be in the lead or, you know, might not be being considered. So that's an aspect that we will have covered for you guys on future shows and we'll be back later this week with a, another edition of the junkyard podcast hopefully previewing this weekend's game with mississippi state but for this edition of the junkyard dogcast 
I'm Kip Adams. He's Rusty Mantel. And you guys take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.